and we're going to read and make a powerful declaration with God. This is the powerful declaration that Jesus Christ actually made. When the disciples, having seen the things that Jesus Christ was doing, having recognized that this man is a man from God, they asked him, teach us to pray. And Jesus Christ answered them in Matthew chapter 6, we read from verse 9 to 13 together. Exactly, we're taking that prayer. Is that all right? We're taking it as if you mean it, because I know you mean it this morning. You're taking it as if life depends on it. Shall I take it together? I want to go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That is the kingdom, the power of the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now say it again. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. To God belongs the kingdom, the power that lies in it, and the glory that will come from it. It is not compatible. So because you are part of God's kingdom, the only king over your life is the king of kings. The only power at work in your life, every other power cannot question it. Is the omniscient God. And because the glory within the kingdom also is being made available to us. Let us take it for the last time. I will take our seat. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Father, this morning we come to you because you are the teacher of all teachers. Wisdom belongs to you. You are the one who gives it liberally. Lord, we lay our hearts unto you, our simple hearts unto you to make us wise this morning, to make us know your will, to understand it. And not only to understand, but to be doers of that which you will speak to us this morning about. Lord, we ask, O oh God, that, Lord, you just have your way in our midst. Every distraction this morning, Lord, we, we, we bind and we curse such. Everything whatsoever that wants to stand against your counsel this morning, Lord, we pull them down in the name of Jesus. Lord, I yield myself as your orator this morning. Speak through me. Let me speak indeed as your oracle this morning. Thank you, mighty Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray it. If you're excited to be in God's presence, just celebrate Jesus, and then you can take your seat wonderfully. My pastor once told me that um, the winning side is always the noisy side. And I always tell people, that's why you don't tell children, keep quiet, because they are winning. They might not be able to pray like you, but in their own noise is their victory. Are you with me? At times when they are making noise or doing those things, you don't know that they are praying, God is also hearing. At times children are crying and you are shouting, just keep quiet. Yeah, they're crying, that's their prayers. 
God also hears them. So if you know you're a child of God, this morning make a noise. Uh-huh. And may God answer all your prayers. May God answer all your prayers. All right, this morning I want to still talk to us about thy kingdom come. And I started the last time I preached, thy kingdom come. And the last time we looked at, in fact, I listened to the message again during the week. And I was like, oh my God, I wasn't speaking in that message. God was actually speaking. And I will encourage you to go and listen to that one in particular. That I don't know about any other message that I preached. I don't like listening to my voice. But in that one, and I was telling someone that I feel is the best message ever that God has ever used me to preach. Listen, it was theologically sound. It was theologically sound. Are you with me, church? It's a message that when you listen to it, it must cause a sh- movement in your heart, except your heart is hardened. Are you with me? So please go and listen to it. I don't want to go through it again. But this morning, by the grace of God, I want to look at this, another aspect to that kingdom come. Because they asked Jesus Christ that question that, hey, teach us to pray. And twice in a short prayer, Jesus repeated the issue. That, Lord, this is your kingdom. has to arrive. has to be here. And he made that declaration that we made with him just now. And guess what? It must be important in the heart of Jesus. And if it's important in the heart of Jesus, it must be important in the heart of God. Hence why it's important for us to just focus on this, on, this, on this kingdom. Now, let me also say at this time that at one time in your life, one time in your life, you must have a definite and a mighty spiritual encounter and conversion, right? That day is the day you give your life to Jesus. There must be a day in your life, you cannot assume, but there must be a day or a period or a season in your life that you know that, oh, you can trace it back to this period that you actually just gave your life to Jesus, that you made up your mind that, you know what, all things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. There must be that definite day in the heart of everyone. You can't just grow up in church and just go with the flow and exhume and assume that you are born again. There must be a definite period. Are you with me, church? However, in this our spiritual journey, we will have series of little encounters, series of spiritual convictions again, that is not the same one as when we gave our life to Jesus. And it's amazing that this morning in Sunday school, we're looking at spiritual breakthroughs. Those times that you have spiritual breakthroughs are those periods of your life when somehow, somehow, you add a spiritual encounter, you add a spiritual conviction or conversion within you, and there was a transformation, there was a change in you. So you must have that. You must have series of that. Once upon a time, after I got born again, I realized that, hey, it's not appropriate to be lying, which all of us must have gone through the same experience. You can't be born again and keep lying. And I realized that, God, I need this to fall off my life. And I started fasting about lying. There must be a time in your life that you like, for every time you hear the word of God, it must cause a change in you. That is how you know that you are moving from one bus stop to the other. If you're hearing the word of God and there's no conviction, listening, you are listening, but you are not hearing. Your hear is listening, 
You can actually repreach and re-say everything that a person speaks, but deep within you, it is not making any change. And I'm praying that this morning, the word that we are going to hear will cause a change in our hearts because it is from the depths of God's heart that I'm speaking this morning. From the deepest part of God's heart that I'm speaking this morning. So I'm speaking to us about that kingdom come. One of the things that I also, I also want us to know is that how great a king is is not dependent on how much noise the king can make. Are you with me? In fact, a kingdom can be very rich, yet the king might not be seen as great. Right? The way a king, a king or a kingdom, a king or a kingdom is measured, the way the greatness of a king or a kingdom is measured is dependent on the mass it can accumulate. And when a kingdom is being diminished, you also know that that king or kingdom is becoming of no relevance. Once upon a time in history, the great British Empire transversed at least to third of this world. In fact, there are still nations today that are still subject to the great British Empire. Countries like Australia, like Canada, they're still part of the British Empire. As of today, even though the empire is not there, but the queen is still seen as they are. Most of the countries that we came from that were colonized, they were part of the British Empire. But the, how big this empire is has been reduced to a, a little island. In fact, <laughs> there, there was this documentary that somebody sent to me, you know, interview that somebody sent to me yesterday, that one of the ministers of China was being questioned and regarding what was happening in Hong Kong. And the response that that man gave was so much so that I looked at him like, my God. You know, it was virtually challenging the UK that the, 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 the strength that they had, anything that they are saying now is just calling the bluff. That nothing, they cannot do anything about anything that, oh, they were asking, so what about the agreement that was signed previously? The guy said, it does not matter, it's irrelevant. That's how unpowerful it has become. The great Roman Empire, at one time, even Israel was underneath the, even when Jesus Christ was around, right? It was the Romans that were ruling in Israel, right? They were ruling everywhere. Where is Rome today? It's only good for tourist attraction. Are you with me? And history books. And so many beautiful cathedrals and monuments, you know, we take pictures there. Oh, old, ancient Rome, we call it. So every kingdom can increase and every kingdom can diminish. So when Jesus Christ was praying that prayer, it was from the position of, Lord, let this your kingdom come. Because if it doesn't come, it can also diminish. Don't think that... Because Jesus Christ shared a concern with us in Luke chapter 18. In Luke chapter 18, he says, I tell you that the, the latter part says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? It's a question that was left to all of us. So it is possible that when Jesus Christ is going to come, there will be no Christianity on earth. In that wise, guess what would have happened? All of us in this place, 
we would have lost our kingdom in faith. God forbid. I thought I would God forbid. So when Jesus Christ was speak, praying that prayer, that let your kingdom come, it's a prayer, it's a call to arm. It's a call to war. It's a call to, hey, guys, you can just not be these 12 disciples. We have to take over the kingdom. God has given us this whole world as a potential occupation. This morning, I was thinking about uh, uh, a misnomer in faith. Because I saw a church that where they meet is owned by an occultic association. Right? And yeah, churches can meet anywhere because we need it. There's no space. But who they pay rent to? To the occultic association. So who is ruling who? We can say, mm, but we need to think about all these things. So God has given you and I the responsibility of taking over this world, increasing the kingdom of God, or accepting it the way it is and keep being mourners and keep being, as we do, just sign petitions and say to the House of Parliament. When we can be the ones in the House of Parliament making the decisions. Are you free, church? We need to understand that if we don't take this matter seriously, may our faith not be one that it was in some of, in some of the countries where what they do there is that they have to import or smuggle in a page of newspaper, a page of the Bible, and they will read, the old church will read that one page of the Bible for a whole year before there's somebody else that will smuggle another one in. Because a kingdom that is not increasing will diminish. If Christianity is not increasing, it diminishes. If our faith is not increasing, if this kingdom that God has committed to your hand and my hand is not increasing, it diminishes. The Emirati Empire is a very small place, landmass, but their influence reaches out to the whole world. Right? This battle, this kingdom that God has called you and I onto, it's not about just about the land that we are in, which must also occupy and take over, but its amount is based on the number of conversions of souls that we have everywhere in the world. And I saw the more your light is able to radiate upon the next person and convert that person to Christianity, guess what, the more the kingdom of God is increasing. Should I give you the other side of it? If you and I, we are not doing that, somebody is getting is backsliding every day. And I can, if we should start asking, you see, several people that haven't started this year with us in this church are no more in church. There are people that you know that are no more in faith. In fact, there are people that are pastors that have closed down their churches. At least I know one man back in the days that closed down the church and said, I don't think God called me again. So if you and I, we are not radiating this light, if you and I, we are not converting souls, we are not doing all these things, then the kingdom of God is diminishing. I don't know whether that does not bother you. Abacock. 
Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, 14, sorry. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. The intention of God is that the whole earth be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's glory as the waters covers the sea. Listen. What is in the heart of God this morning is that when you turn to your right, the word of God is there. When you turn to your left, the word of God, when you turn... Amazingly, most people, God gives them an ability, the ability to proclaim the gospel, the ability to make his name glorious. You know, we can say that in singing. Jesus, we make your name glorious. We can sing it very, very well. But in actual fact, God is expecting you and I to use this gift of you going to university, you going to secondary school, you being literate, you being able to do this and do that to make it everywhere in the world, let his name be glorious. So while, hey, listen, I'm not dissing anything that you do. What you do is great and glorious. It's okay to be a blogger, but why not just promote Jesus on the side as well? It's okay to do the things that you do. You know, some of us are very good online. Some of us are very good with social media. We can promote. Some of us are very good in forwarding all these things that does not add to any, hey, keep doing it. Some of us need it for fun. If not, then life will be so boring. But guess what? Why not use that same skill for Jesus? The intention of God, what's in God's heart for us this morning is that we should make the whole world to know, to have the knowledge of him, even as the waters covers the sea. How much does the water cover the sea? 100% if you don't know. If you look at any sea, it's covered by water. <laughs> Nothing else covers the sea, apart from water. That's the extent to which God wants you and I to promote this thing that we call Jesus, or this person that we call Jesus, this sacrifice, this kingdom of God, this kingdom of God. So it's a challenge to the media team this morning that, you know what, hey, let us even start promoting the word of God on social media. And hey, 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 who is it in church? I will not look at it and say, ah, you know, I don't want people to know that. Better let them know. Bible says, if your light becomes dark, how great is your darkness? You don't understand that you sharing the gospel is your first defense in your, of your faith. Because the day you don't allow people to know who you are in Christ, guess what happens? You are attracting the things that you should not attract. You are attracting pressures that you don't necessarily need to know you have. You need to let people know who you are. Oh, in my workplace, I can't tell everybody, I can't tell everybody about Jesus. That is fine, but the cup that you are going to drink with can say Jesus is still Lord. And when they say, oh, that one is offensive, no problem, you put it in the bin, you bring another notebook, Jesus is great. <laughs> one day, you wear your t-shirt to walk, you know, Jesus is Lord, it has a logo. It's easy for us to hit Ralph Lauren and all these things. Why not wear Jesus as well? We need to let the name of Jesus. See, some of us, we need to sponsor the promotion of the name of Jesus. You need to sponsor it. Maybe that's why you walk. 
listen, we are on this island. We are seeing mammoth growing around us every day. There's no need why somebody cannot say, Pastor, how much will it cost us to even have an advert in, in Asda that says Jesus is Lord? Even for one month. Let's take all the billboards on Asda. Jesus is Lord everywhere. Jesus is Lord everywhere. For one month. Imagine the number of people that will see that. The intention of God this morning is that his knowledge, not just his knowledge, his influence. When choir was singing that song, um, like lightning, like thunder, da 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 in heaven on earth. We see all those lightning, but they're still in heaven. On earth, people need to know the power of God. People need to know the power of God. When are we going to do hospital evangelism again, church? Or how will this world know that God is a healer? If we stay at the entrance of the hospital, okay, we should not stay on your compound. We stay on the road that leads to the hospital. If everybody is going, we bring a placard. Need prayer for healing? Jesus heals. Okay, they will not allow you to do that. Why not wear t-shirts? Jesus heals at the back. I just walk through the world. Somebody might just be there and be like, let me put my faith in Jesus again. Now it's not Jesus, it's NHL's heals. The NHS doesn't, they only treat. They can only do the things, the best that they can do. Why not, can't we just bring this Jesus back to the whole thing? The world needs to know about his powers again. The things that Jesus does for you, it's easy for you to come and share testimony here. Why not blast it, you know? Do it properly and put it on Facebook. Put your picture there so that they don't know that it's just a fable. Jesus saved you. Is it true that Jesus really saved you? Then tell the world. Tell the world who you were before now and who you are now. If we're not doing these things, church, darkness is increasing. The day the sun chooses not to shine, what do you think takes place that day? Darkness shines. Because let me also tell you the other part of it. Whether you do or you do not do, right? The day that Jesus Christ is going to come back here on earth, are you with me? Even if there's no faith on earth, if nobody's any Christians anymore, his kingdom will still reign. Because it has been written. His kingdom will still reign. Revelation 11, verse 15. The seventh angel, which is the last of the angel, blew the trumpet. And there were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Messiah, and it will reign forever and ever. So if I were you, the best thing I could do is cooperate with the word of God. You know, most of us like prophecies. When they tell us that, oh, this is what's going to happen, this is what you should do. Yeah, you are quick to want to do it. Yeah, they've told us. Now you are being told what's going to happen too. Why not align yourself with it? So the first intention of God is that we need to make church great like connections. Hello? Aha. Uh -huh. We need to make his known and his influence or power. We need to make them known in this world. And see, you don't even need to say, oh, pastor, can we do this? No, no, no. Just go ahead and do it. 
thank God for one of our daughters that I saw. I saw their their um uh, what's it called now Instagram um, feed the other day um, when she was busking, making the name of Jesus glorious. Your voice is not only in church. Sorry, can I use this, sir? Play my keys is amazing. Play my keys. That's the Kekole. Uh, wants to play all the keys in London, all the keyboards in London. In one year, that was the giggle, isn't it? Perfect. Why not put Jesus on the side as well? Because every time you're doing it, people gather around. People want to see you. People are like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Everyone likes good music, you know? All right? Yeah, let them just see Jesus there too. Are you with me in church? You don't need to wait for anybody. We don't need a department to do that. You don't need a department. You don't need anybody to tell you what to do with Jesus. Get stickers. Put it on your bag. Laddie, I like that your bag. Stick the sticker on it. Jesus will be glorified. Don't want the person that bought Bentley. If you put Jesus is Lord sticker on your Bentley, as they are looking at you, oh, Jesus is Lord, they will see it too. Let people call you nerds for the sake of Jesus. It's good. At least they give you a name that is good. At least they're not telling you that, okay. So we live in an area that's, oh my God, everybody just does different things. You know, I, even if I want, even though I love to have a Range Rover Sports, but because of the people that has Range Rover Sports in the area, I'm like, oh God, I don't want it again. But in retrospect, now, if I have a Range Rover Sports and I put Jesus' Lord on it, if I put a sticker of Jesus' Lord on it, they will not think I'm one of them. Let's make the name of Jesus beautiful. It is the second intention of Jesus, of God, this morning for us, church. John chapter 3, verse 3. You know, I said a kingdom, a kingdom that's not growing, is a kingdom that is diminishing. Brother Omar. There's a way people can be part of this kingdom. Listen, in the olden days, the way we occupy kingdoms, that we go there, we British, we get there, and put the flag of Britain. Oh ye, oh ye, hey ye, hey ye, people of Ghana. <laughs> and we occupy it. No, we don't do that. It's not in the labels, it's not a number of churches. We can have a lot of churches in this land, yet the land be dark. Right? It's the amount of converted soul that is important. Right? Somebody once says that the civilized, uh, civilized, uh, the greatness of a nation is not dependent on the amount of its buildings, but the amount of civilized people. The same way, the, the, the increase of the kingdom of God is not based on the number of churches. Redeem over 600 churches in the UK is of no relevance. It is good because we are outlets for people to you. But guess what is important? The number of converted souls in the church. And you and I this morning must be the messenger of that gospel. That we need to let the world know, we need to let everybody know that, A, you need to accept Jesus to be part of this kingdom. If not, listen, look at the way we started. For thine is what? If you are not born again, you cannot be part of the kingdom. 
You cannot enjoy the power. You cannot have the glory. It's as simple as that. Because those three things are in Christ. So you and I have to be that messenger. We have to be an audacious one. One that does not fear any what man can do to them. We need to have that boldness. Listen, how beautiful will it be if they throw you in prison for sharing the gospel? Then you know that your scriptures have been filled concerning you. Meanwhile, in this country, they will never do it. Think about the uproar. So somebody is telling you, oh, you cannot preach there. That's fine, no problem. You go to the next street, you start preaching. Because the Bible says it, you know that. It says, if you go into a city, right, and they refuse you, what should you do? So when people are arguing with police, it's not necessary. Just carry all your thing. Move to the next one. He said, you will not have gone to every city on earth before it comes. So the more they are doing that, the more scripture is being revealed. If I knock on your door, oh, can I preach the gospel? Get out, you idiots. All right. You go to number 17. Sorry, we want to share the gospel. <laughs> number 18. They call police on you. Woo! Police shows up. Oh, I'm sorry. You move to Chafford 100. Number one. Jesus said, you will not have done it. Listen, church, we need to be that. People that are going to war have signed their life out to death. Paul said, Paul called us soldiers of Christ. We are in a war of light and darkness. That is why light, darkness abounds all around us. Because guess what? You and I, we are not converting souls. So if we are not converting people that are dark, the people that are dark are converting us. Sometimes by the things that we thought were not so, oh, we cannot do this as a Christian. Oh, you can't do that. You can't. Suddenly we're not, oh, it's all right to do that. There's nothing wrong in that. Concerning the, the world has entered into the church. The world has entered into our lives, into our homes. In fact, on Sundays now, I realize that there are so many motivational speakers that people go to their places on Sunday and it gives them that assurance as if they've been to church. See, it's so important that we tell the whole world of this salvation story, of being, of this part of them to be part of God's kingdom. It's so important that God invested in us to third of himself. At least God is three. Three in one, isn't it? Right? But he gave us Jesus to die for us. He gave us the Holy Spirit to be in us. So he invested two parts of himself into this journey. And why should we not take God's investment serious? You know, what I'm talking about this morning is what is so important, yet the church does not just like hearing it. You know... <laughs> Even as I'm speaking now, while it appears that, oh, God, is something is pinching you, you uh, it's not pinching me. Uh, it's not pin no, let it pinch you. Because it's what God expects you and I to do. Think about the good things that God does for us. Think about all the blessings. We can come out and talk about everything that God does. If we start sharing, once upon a time, I embarked on a project that I will start writing down everything that God does for me. Listen, I did not last five minutes because it was too much. 
Because by the time I think about the air, I think about the walk, I think about the sitting down, I think about the standing, and I, so I just thought the God is not important. I can't do it. If we start naming the things that God does for us per second, church, we can never, ever, ever, ever finish mentioning them. And all he's asking us is to ensure that his kingdom comes. It's to uphold the coming of his kingdom. Remember anyway, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. It says that you were bought with a price. Glorify me, your body. So this thing that he calls you, that all the money that you have is for that weave on, or you have been bought with a price. You are not yours. Let God be glorified in your life. In fact, there's something I wrote on my notes. Let me see if I can find it. It says, the question is, Will your life be Christ-worthy in the way you do and the Christ sacrifices that you make? When you look at your life, can you really say that you're giving everything to him? You know, when we say we give our life to Jesus, what does it mean? We give everything to him. Let me ask your neighbor, really? Do you really give everything? You see that your neighbor cannot answer. Or you yourself, you cannot even ask. You've been bought with a price. All the achievements that you're achieving is for the sake of your buying. You've been bought with a price. Who can I use as example? Who wants me to use them as example? All right, Marilyn. Let me not use Marilyn. Laddie, let me use you. I will use you. Laddie works in the organization and God's, God's grace is upon him. You know, as you're working in that place, it doesn't matter who you become in that place. That place he owns you. At least they still own that your eight hours per day. Times 20 in a month. Eight hours per day. Or oh, it's 24. Oh, they won't know you're own 24. <laughs> God will deliver you. Amen. Amen. That is the same way that it is. It doesn't matter who you become. God must still be glorified. He's not saying that you should not enjoy your life but let him be glorified in your life because you've been bought with a price. That price can never be repaid. It's the blood of Jesus. So, church, please, let your light shine. Let it shine. Let people know the gospel of Christ. So, what's the first intention of God? Yeah? Say Oh my God, so I was speaking to myself. That you make Jesus known everywhere in the world. Let the knowledge of his will, his power, his influence be everywhere. Is that okay? Number two is, let people know that you have to be part of this kingdom. Because the kingdom, the power, and the glory is of Jesus. All this that you are running around, we don't take anywhere. And for you to be part of it, what do you need to do? You have to be born again. The story is still that simple. It is that simple. Number three, intention or expectation of the, of, of the church. Matthew chapter 8, 28. Matthew 28, 19, 20. Matthew 
19 to 20. It says, Therefore God made disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. It's okay to, it's one stage to make Jesus known. Oh, Jesus is good, Jesus is all those things. Go deeper than that this morning, church. Talk to somebody, oh, now that you know Jesus is good, you need to know Jesus, you need to be part of the kingdom, you need to be born again. Are you with me? You need to go a step further and start making disciples of all nations. Let me ask yourself a question. Who are you discipling? Who are you discipling? Ask yourself quickly, ask yourself. Look around church, look around church, look around church, look around church, look around church. Who can point to you as the one discipling them? Look around. Ah, ah, you can't look around. Look around. Oh my God, you can't look around. Yeah? Oh my God. All right, let me, let me make it easier for us. Quickly go through your phone record. Who can... Your full record, who can you say you are discipling? Because if there's no one, you have just failed that command that Jesus Christ gave to us. You have just failed that commandment. And that's why I'm hoping that today we make a change in your life. That somebody somewhere can say, oh my God, I came to faith because of this person. That somebody somewhere in the world can say, ah, I remained in faith because of this person. Recently, I was going to the barbering salon, and I just got this call from Nigeria. Normally, I'm always very skeptical. I picked it, and it was this girl who was a neighbor on the ground floor. My wife is there, oh God, I'm about to, right? On the ground floor. Guess what? Then, we're chasing her. Myself and one of, one of the uncles down the road were chasing and wanted to date at all costs, at all costs, at all costs. But every time she would preach to us, Jesus, preach to us, Jesus. <laughs> she was the reason why I went to church. <laughs> because I remember the day before I got born again. That night I was trying to, you know, and she was trying to, you know, she was preaching. She, I, can't, I remember that that night before we, go to, we went to bed, you know, she's just below, she lives downstairs. Before we went to bed, the song that we sang was, Holy Ghost, fire, fire, fall on me. <laughs> Listen, that is why for me, there's no way in this world I hear that song that doesn't get me fired up. <laughs> the following day, I was in church. I gave my life to Christ, May 12, 1996. So listen, I can... Thank God for Allah. So when she called me and said, oh, I heard you're a pastor now. Even me, I was excited to communicate with her again. Are you with me? The same way the people that looked after me when I first got born again, right, up to today, if I the person that taught me believers class, I've not seen her study where Williams now, Williams she is now. I've not seen her. She might listen to this message someday. I'm mailing you study where. <laughs> but guess what? When I got born again, I didn't know anything about the Bible. Right? She taught me believers class. By the time I was finishing believers class, I got the highest in the old, in the old, in the old um, church. Why? Because she taught me very, very well. So I can remember her today and say thank you. 
the person that followed me up, Star Franca, my wife knows them very well. She was one that followed me up after I got born again. I see in my first book, um, R.W. Shambach. She was the one that gave it to me. I, see, I can say thank God for their life. In fact, they are pastors now in Abuja, right? But guess what? I don't joke with them. My first Bible, my friend, Bingo Badino, is a big boy in Nigeria. He's the first person to give me my first Bible. He was taking me to camp. That guy would make sure that no, you are going to. He was in another thing. But, you know, by the time we got born again, he bought my Bible amplified. In fact, he didn't buy it for me. He gave me his own Bible. I said, which one are you going to? Okay, you don't worry, just take it. He will pick me up. We'll go to redemption camp. From redemption camp, we'll go to Winner's Chapel. He just will do everything for me to stand in faith. Look around again. Who can you point to? How's your journey been? Because... You should be making disciples as you are being discipled. Let me ask you the second question of that. Who is discipling you? Don't point to me. <laughs> Who is discipling you? Do you know why you're not discipling anybody? Because nobody's discipling you. You might have mentors. It's not the same thing as discipleship. Who are you trying to be like? If that person is trying to be like Jesus. Who can point to you that and say, oh, I love the Jesus in you. I want to be like that. Those are the three things God expects of us this morning, church. Why don't you just bow down your head and talk to God if you think you need help? And if you don't think you need help, it's also okay. Just say, God, <laughs> you know what, just do your own thing. I'll continue to do my own thing. But this morning, if you think you need help, why not just talk to God? And if there's somebody here that feels like, Pastor, why not just help me tell God that God wipe away everything? I want to start again. I want to start afresh. If there's anyone in this place, just want to say, Pastor, please, just agree with me. I want to, God, I want to start afresh. Why not just raise up your hand and please, this time around, don't pull it down. Just raise it down. I want to be sure that you're here. There's someone who wants to start afresh this morning. I say, Lord, let us wipe the slate clean. Let me start afresh. Please, don't let, I want everybody to close their eyes. Don't be a reason for somebody's salvation or somebody's journey. This morning, you want to say, God, I want to start with you afresh. Raise up your hand. I want to start afresh. And if this morning you want to give your life to Jesus, why not just raise it up and pull it back down? You want to give your life to Jesus this morning. And let every other person ask God for help. That God, please help me. Just think about that. About that Matthew 28, make disciples of all nations. God, if I failed in this area, Lord, please have mercy on me. Forgive me. And I expect all the ministers to also be praying. That all of us as a church, are we really discipling people? That God, please have mercy on us. It's okay to listen to a message of prosperity, a message on this, a message on that. But what about us now failing God? Why not talk to God and say, God, please have mercy on us?